sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do that is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined on the phone today by Deacon James Keating. Deacon Jim, how are you? Very good, thank you. Glad to hear it. Um, if you've never heard of or heard Deacon Jim before, um, I'll give him a chance in a moment to introduce himself more. But he and I are going to be talking today about how we can find how we can find Easter joy in the midst of a pandemic and the lockdown that goes along with it. Deacon Jim currently lives, as, as he'll share, in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and Nebraska, like South Dakota, Minnesota, North Dakota, Wyoming, uh, the most of the country and frankly world still at this point, is under um, varying degrees of lockdown as we try to limit the spread of uh, the coronavirus and COVID-19. So we're going to be talking about how can we find the joy that comes from Easter, the celebration of Jesus' resurrection from the dead, in the midst of the the, the trials and sufferings, um, some of which very real for those who have who have contracted the, the the disease, but for even those who haven't, our lives have been definitely changed, even temporarily, by this. So that's what we're going to talk about today on Ignition. If you never listened to the show before, my name is again is Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm the director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Been in that role since 2002. Um, married to. Remain since 1999, so 20 plus years as we're recording this episode. Um, we have five kids. Uh, they are all born here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm from central Minnesota. Jermaine's from Ohio, um, but our kids are all born and raised as South Dakotans. Deacon Jim, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit to our audience? Sure. Uh, I was born in uh, Yonkers, New York, and uh, got married to Marianne. Uh, she was uh, born in Long Island and we met in Connecticut, and we got married in 1986. Then we moved to Pennsylvania, where I taught at a small Catholic college for about seven years. And then we moved to um, Columbus, Ohio, and I was professor of theology there at the Josephine Seminary in Columbus. Marianne was an elementary school teacher. Along the way, we had two boys, and then we spent 14 years there in Columbus. had two more children, so we had four children. After 14 years in Columbus, I joined the Institute for Priestly Formation here in Omaha, located at Creighton University, and I spent the last 14 years there. And just recently, I am now going to move to St. Louis and was appointed Professor of Spiritual Theology at Kendrick Glennon Seminary in St. Louis. And uh, I, I know Omaha sends their priest candidates there. I think Sioux Falls does, too. Yeah, we have some. We have some guys at Kendrick, yep. Yeah. The, the rector of the seminary right now is Deacon James Mason, uh, Father James Mason, uh, a priest of our diocese. Right, rector there. And um, so anyway, that's where we are now, and uh, happy to be with you today. Great. Yeah, happy to have you. So so to the topic for today, Deacon, Deacon Jim, um, finding Easter joy in in the midst of a pandemic. I, I think for me, I, well, not not just for me, for many people, it, was, uh, if, it seemed very fitting 
um, that this pandemic reach our shores and we will begin to experience effects, its effects in terms of the lockdowns and so on, stay-at-home orders or encouragements, if you will, um, together with, of course, then um, now tens and tens of thousands of Americans actually dying from this disease, let alone the, the tens of thousands of others around the world. Made sense that that happened during Lent, um, and but, but now we're in Easter, and I, I don't think anybody's like, "What? It should have ended because Jesus rose from the dead." But yet, there's still sort of that that like yearning or desire that I and I think others face as well is how can I celebrate Jesus's conquering sin, suffering, and death when there is so much suffering and death going on? How can I find um, an experienced Easter joy, experienced Easter joy in the midst of this pandemic? How would you kick us off with that question? Well, I think uh, where you landed us there, the, the stark reality of the uh, the virus actually killing people and upending everyone's lives, yes, it certainly still feels like Calvary. But one of the things uh, we have to remember is that inside uh, Calvary was the resurrection. The resurrection was already in the death of Jesus because of the one who was dying. And the one who was dying, of course, was God, perfectly united to humanity. And so as he was dying, to some extent, there was no doubt that he would also be alive after his complete death because of divinity. Divinity is life itself, love itself. Death can't define it. Death can't capture it. Death can't end it. And so, as it was dying, already in his body, so to speak, was the resurrection. And for all of the suffering that people are going through today, analogically, it's pretty much the same thing. In our bodies already, since we've been receiving the Eucharist, now we are deprived of it, but we've been receiving it over the years. Our faith has also been deepened over the years of worship, that, as Blessed Don Marmion said, uh, when you receive the Eucharist, you receive the seed of the resurrection. Mm. And so the resurrection is already in our bodies, so to speak. And those people who unfortunately now are suffering, dying, hopefully many to recover in the midst of their suffering, it's their faith that is their joy. It's their faith that is their joy. And to some extent, for the rest of us who have been lucky not to contract this disease, it's almost a good time to meditate and think about Easter because the usual things that we prop up around the Easter season, whether it's you know buying flowers from the grocery store or Easter eggs or candy or uh, bright, pretty dresses and new suits, uh, these are kind of taken from us. Mm. And so these accidents of Easter are, are gone. And so now we have to sit and think, well, what is Easter? Joy. What is Easter joy? And to me, it's very close to this um, meditation that we're in the midst of now. Easter joy is the faith, the trust, the surrender that you have been doing your whole lives right into the Mass itself. Every Mass that you've attended, you, in faith, have aligned your own body to the body of Christ on the cross, the body of Christ rising from the dead, the body of Christ sending his Holy Spirit, the whole mystery of Jesus in the Mass, you have already been experiencing and will continue to experience Easter joy in your faith. It's not accidental cheeriness or accidental um, happiness as a transitory emotion. 
Easter joy is your faith embraced. And that, of course, is what we are experiencing very starkly uh, in these days. So w- with that, you just it's not accident, accidental, um, because you're wondering, doesn't mean that it happened by accident. Accidental in the sense of, uh, listeners, in the sense of um, a characteristic um, that, that can go away. So my weight isn't... <laughs> Well, it is an accident because I didn't mean for it to happen this way. But it's a, it's a property of mine that can change. But is it, does it change my essence? Who and what I am as a human being remains no matter how much hair I have, how much weight I have, etc. So accidental properties in a, in a philosophical sense. So Deacon Jim, um, accidental cheeriness or accidental happiness as distinct from the joy that comes from our faith. Could you, could you talk a little bit more maybe? I think that's, a, that's maybe the, the key distinction that we have to make when we think about finding Easter joy through our faith, even in the midst of a pandemic, that joy is not the same thing as sort of the, the, the dinosaur puppet Barney's happy, happy, whatever, big smiling grin. Um, can you talk more about that distinction between accidental cheeriness or happiness and authentic Christian Easter joy? Yeah, I would say the Barney image is almost demonic, you know, <laughs> uh, continually, continually cheery. It just drives you crazy. I'm, I'm very glad I'm past the, the stage of the, the Barney TV show. <laughs> this is, this is you know, highly uh, different, a totally different category of joy here, not uh, accidental cheeriness. The joy is more akin to interior peace, that nothing can disturb you as circumstances change in your life, whether, as you just said, it's weight or hair or your address or the job you're going to perform. Uh, These circumstances do not um, satisfy human meaning. They are passing. Where we get our joy from is surrendering and connecting and communing to stay at the center of human meaning. And that's why I alluded to the Eucharist. Now, even during this horrible time that we're in, the Eucharist uh, is deprived. We, We can't go celebrate. But we've received enough of them and participated enough with the Eucharist that that's in us already. What's in us is this unchanging mystery of the Trinity loving us through Jesus in the sacramental life. That's our joy, and our joy is most normally experienced in our bodies as peace, as inner peace. So joy doesn't necessarily mean you're always in a good mood. Joy doesn't necessarily mean you're always cracking jokes. Joy means that you are in this uh, relationship that configures your whole existence toward meaning and peace. And that is why uh, God has told us in his commandments that we must worship him, because it's worship that configures our whole interior lives to this peace that passes beyond all understanding and that no change in circumstance can change. That's what we're guarding when we pray, when we read scriptures, when we keep attending worship on Sunday. We are guarding that interior relationship with, which births peace in us that no accidental circumstance or change can take. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today on the phone with Deacon James Keating, uh, currently of the Institute for Priestly Formation in Omaha, Nebraska. Talk, we're talking today about how we can find Easter joy, authentic Christian joy, even in the midst of the pandemic. And Deacon Jimmy just speaking there about the distinction between accidental, um, superficial, maybe uh, cheeriness or happiness, and the more substantial joy that comes from being rooted in the Holy Trinity, conformed to Jesus Christ, and 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 a rooting and a, a conforming which happens through the sacraments um, first with baptism, but that deepened through confirmation. And, and as you've been emphasize, emphasizing through our participation in the Holy mass and receiving Jesus into our bodies um, in Holy communion in the Eucharist. So, so thinking then about that distinction and, and, and how we're rooted in that. I was, you talk about the, how joy is, is much like inner peace or interior peace. I was thinking about how just recently on this, the second Sunday of Easter, divine mercy Sunday, we get that powerful, um, reading the account of, of St. Thomas, the apostle, unfortunately forever known as doubting Thomas, even though he came to have faith in a powerful way. Um, but when Jesus first appears to the disciples in John's gospel on Easter, um, twice he says, peace, uh, peace be with you. Uh, so there's that, the, the reality there, again, to flowing from everything you've been saying, Deacon Jim, this is not something that I can accomplish on my own. I can't just sort of gumption, uh, get, get the inner gumption, work up interior. I'm going to be at peace. This is a free gift that's given to me by Jesus. But he gives, he does give it to us. We don't presume upon it, but he will give it to us in his way through the sacraments. And then we can, as, as we continue to participate in the sacraments, the baptismal life, participating in the mass as we're able to, as we have done, we will do again, that he, he continues to pour out that peace upon us and make us more like himself, right? Yeah, vulnerability is so important here. Like, peace be with you. He enters the locked doors after the resurrection. He breathes the Holy Spirit on them. You have to be open to that type of relationship. Mm. You have to be open to that level of communion. It, like you said, it's not something you work hard at to achieve. It's something you receive if you're disposed in vulnerability. So uh, maybe a, a secular example Again, going back when I was first married, like many young husbands, you know, running around, working, working one job, working two jobs, trying to provide for the family, trying to achieve also the necessity of masculine achievement so that your identity feels like it's set. So you're running around and doing all these things, and on occasion you remember you have a wife, and um, then on that occasion the wife will remind you that she's in your life. And you're almost startled by, well, wait a minute, I thought, I thought this was all good stuff that I was doing. And as you proceed and progress in maturing as a male, as a spouse, as a husband, you become more open and more vulnerable to the very thing that she might have intuited at the beginning, which was the whole point of our marriage was to be together, to stay with each other. And of course, I've made her suffer, and we've all suffered long enough over the length of my marriage, that I finally experienced what she intuited at the beginning, which was the only place I want to be after 30-some years of marriage is in the same room with her. Mm. Peace. Peace be with you. 
Holy Communion. Holy Communion. Uh, I am going to my Father, and I will send you the Advocate. In other words, so you can even be closer to us. I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you so that you can live in this communion of love, which is the Trinity. And we have to be open and vulnerable to that. And we will see, like our late blooming husband, that that is what we've always wanted to begin with. We've always wanted to just dwell, to abide in the presence of God. And that's what heaven is. That's what Easter begins. That's what our baptism begins, really. It's just dwelling with God. And we may not believe it, especially as Americans. So we have a kind of an affliction against the church sometimes. Oh, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to Mass. I got better things to do. I can go to Target. I should do something else. And we resist, like a husband in the early stages of his marriage, resist the truth that the one who loves you is trying to share. Believe me, you really only want to be with me. You don't know it. You're lost a little bit. But I'm telling you, in the end, all you want is holy communion. All you want is the peace that I can give you if you would only be open to receive it. That's real Easter joy, because it's the taste of heaven. Mm. Why do you—this is maybe a little unfair, so you can <laughs> plead ignorance if you, if you want to. Uh, Jesus says to Mary Magdalene, don't cling to me. Why do you think, in light of what you just said, communion with him, life with him, why do you think he says to her then, don't cling to me? Doesn't he want us? Doesn't he want her? Doesn't he want me, you, to cling to him? Yeah, lots of those sayings that Jesus you know, have so many interpretations, but recently just the one I've been thinking about is don't cling to me, don't touch me, more like let me go forward. Mm. to the Father, so that what you're, what we're symbolizing here, sort of an embrace in the garden, after the resurrection, in your startledness, Mary, that I'm alive again, please don't think that my physical presence is here to satisfy you. I'm going to give you more. I'm going to live in you. You're not just going to be able to talk to me, look at my face, have a friendship with me. I am going to live in you. So don't cling to me. Don't touch me. Don't hold me back. I must go to the Father. And the explosive pouring out of the Spirit at Pentecost will then dwell in your heart closer. We will be closer than you can ever imagine. And this, again, is to some extent how God protects the changing circumstances from affecting communion. It's not that he's dwelling with us in the house next door, and if the house burns down, God needs a new house and has to leave the neighborhood. He is always in us. And this was the don't cling to me. I want to go deeper than this, Barry. I want to live in you, so that Holy Communion is your regular state of being, which, again, births peace and joy in your heart. Mm. So let me go to the Father, so paradoxically I can even be closer to you. To you. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Ignition. This is a broadcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris, Dr. Chris Bergwald, visiting today with Deacon James Keating about finding Easter joy and the peace that comes with it in the midst of a pandemic and the lockdown. Okay, so Deacon Jim, if people are listening to this, um, if they're listening to this when it's aired or around the time that it, that it airs uh, and is available to download, um, most of us are, are living in, to some degree, varying states of either imposed or recommended sheltering in place, staying at home, et cetera, et cetera, and not able currently, whatever happened in the past, not able currently to celebrate the mass, to go to church, to receive Jesus in the sacraments. What if I, I've never been vulnerable in the way that you've been describing as I've gone to mass, never uh, have allowed that, that peace of the Lord to really deeply penetrate my heart? What can I do now, if you will, when we're sort of in this this waiting game, waiting for restrictions to ease up, waiting for masses to resume, waiting to be able then to participate as you've described in the mess? What, what, what can I do now to prepare myself for that, to be vulnerable even now so that Jesus might fill me with his peace even now and the joy that comes with it even now? I think it's clear that uh, grace uh, penetrates where uh, searching is common. And uh, those who are at home now, they're searching for God in many ways. It's just kind of a fantastic thought to think of we're held up in our homes in a time where most still have electricity and can actually view the Mass on right. television or YouTube. We were blessed enough to you know, kind of tune in to Pope Francis on Easter Mass to view that incredible spectacle of an empty St. Peter yeah. filled with light, beauty of art, architecture, but no people. And we were also blessed to hear Bishop Robert Barron's Mass on YouTube on Easter Day. And uh, my college, went to college-age kids, I've never seen them more attentive mm. uh, than watching the mystery of St. Peter's empty and then the next time, listening to one of the greatest thinkers and preachers of our day, Bishop Barron, tell them what the resurrection was. So the first thing is, don't take for granted the gift we have been given in communication, in modern communication. Secondly, um, I would, on occasion, during the time that we are held in our homes, take a candle, crucifix, find on the computer, or on your phone, the first or second Eucharistic prayer, and on occasion, just slowly read through it. A lot of times for Catholics, when the Eucharistic prayer starts, they wonder which one is it, the long one or the short <laughs> one? It becomes a pragmatic thing about getting out of there quicker. Yeah. But now there's really no place to go, and it might be nice to have those Eucharistic prayers dwell in us more deeply, so that when the priest intones them, when we come back to Mass, uh, we, they will resonate in us more deeply. A candle, a crucifix on a table, maybe slowly reading the Eucharistic prayers. This will uh, prep our hearts for when we can truly be in the presence of Jesus again. But in faith and through faith, both through the electronic means of television and through the devotional means of a sacramental like the candle and the crucifix, uh, our faith is deepening. And our peace is deepening, and therefore our joy is deepening in two simple acts like this. 
as, as we've been talking in this episode, um, I've, I'm reminded of what Jesus said um, at the Last Supper, um, the night before he was to suffer and die for us, a few days before he would rise again for us. Um, when he said to the apostles, in the world you will face many challenges, many troubles, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. I, I feel like that's another aspect, another way where we see him articulate what you've been sharing, that no matter what's happening around you, in the world you will face many troubles, many challenges, many difficulties. No matter what's happening around you, no, no matter um, what's going on with the pandemic and its implications, be of good cheer, be at peace, be, be, be joyful, for I have overcome the world. It's a real uh, statement of hope there on Jesus' part. Whenever something out of the ordinary happens, you know, wars and obviously pandemics, uh, 9-11 when the Twin Towers fell, there are always people immediately jumping up saying, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. Father Benedict Rochelle used to say all the time when people would go around yelling, it's the end of the world, he would always say, promises, promises. (laughs) We, We are... We're kind of weary of the world, you know? We're, we're almost afraid that it's the end of the world, and at the same time, we're like, please, end it. Right. You know, it's wearying to be human. It's not wearying to be with God in heaven. But because of flesh and because of sin and because of the fall, sometimes just being on the planet is wearying. And we are both afraid of the end, and we kind of want the end to happen. Right. And so Jesus is here saying, live in hope. You have no idea when the world is going to end. Your personal world, we could all die right today, heart attack, whatever, or the total end of the world. You have no idea when that's going to happen. And so Jesus is saying, all these, all these words from people are going to come. All these predictions are going to come. All these circumstances and accidents of life are going to affect you. But again, if you guard your communion with me out of and in the power of Eucharistic worship through your faith your hope and your love, none of these things will touch you because I am in you protecting you. And of course, the great thing he's protecting us from is everlasting death, the most evil of all evil things, the obliteration of the person. And so the Eucharist is inside of us protecting us from everlasting death. Yes, we must die. But inside that death, he's meeting us with the resurrection. So be of good cheer. Have hope. Don't listen too deeply to the voices of the passing age. Adhere to me, and your peace will remain. Adhere to me, and your peace will remain. Deacon Jim, we've got less than a minute left. I just want to sort of summarize and recap, hopefully, um, or maybe going back to what you an idea you proposed, um, light a candle, put a crucifix on the table, slowly, meditatively read, pray in your own way, the Eucharistic prayer. It's not the same as mass, obviously. Um, and then look forward to trust that Jesus is with you. Look forward to that time when you can be with him again. Does that, would that be a fair, fair thing that we could do going forward until, until we're ready to celebrate mass again? Amen. Very practical. Very practical. And got little kids at home, let the little kids blow out the candle or hold the crucifix and pass it around a little bit. Get them involved in things tactilely as you might read out the Eucharistic prayer or just portions of it if your children are little. 
Great. So they can hear the words of Jesus, this is my body, this is my blood. Very practical, very simple. Don't prolong it. Don't weary the children. Don't weary the husband. Just <laughs> hey. open faith uh, deep enough and long enough so that people can receive his love, even in the home church right now. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Jim, for being with us. Thank you. God bless you all.